Good evening and welcome to This One Life, Stories That Shape You. I'm Sharon Witt and my special guest tonight is Phil Burton, one quarter of the amazing, iconic vocal band Human Nature. After COVID shut down the band's highly successful residency at Las Vegas's famous Phoenician resort, he recently made the move back to Australia and he joins me now. Good evening, Phil. G'day, Sharon. How are you? Oh, Pleasure great. To talk to you. Yeah, it's really great to have you on the show. Um, so, yeah, I guess let's go back to COVID for a moment. Um, you guys were living in Las Vegas for how long was it? 10 years? Uh, 11 and a half, actually. Wow. Yes, I know. <laughs> Where did the time go? I mean, we originally signed up to be over there for 12 months. Yeah. And somehow that turned into almost 12 years. <laughs> wow. It just became an ongoing process, you know, that we would sign for a year and then we extended it for two more years and then we got a three-year contract and then we got another three. So it kind of just worked out that we just kept adding to it. Yeah, so, but yeah, you, d- you didn't start at the Venetian. You didn't start at the no, Venetian, did you? No, we actually started at a casino called the Imperial Palace, which is no longer there. It's it's hasn't been it wasn't demolished, but it was all redone, renovated, and they changed the name to the Link L I N Q. So they updated it all. But um, at the time when we moved into the Imperial Palace, it was the worst. We could have the worst house on the best tree. <laughs> it was it was pretty run down. But having said that, it had a real charm to it. You know, yeah. it was. Um, the staff were really lovely. It was run a bit like a family atmosphere. Everyone felt like they played their part in making the place a success. So in a way, I think that was just a real joy for us to be in that building first because yeah. it really gave us a familiarity with the way Vegas could work. So that was a really good start for us. Yeah. And then you moved into the Venetian. And uh, how long were you there for? We're at the Venetian for... Uh, eight years. Wow. Yeah, eight years. We were at the Venetian. We started there in 2000 and... Oh, okay. Hang <laughs> a minute. i got to think now. Yeah, we started there around March 2013 and we finished around March 2021. So yeah. pretty much exactly eight years. I think everything finished around March 2021, to be honest. 2020, sorry. 2020, no, yes. That's I've, correct. I've got my dates completely mixed oh, up there because that's only seven years. No, COVID's, COVID's done that for 2012. us. 2012. We started there in 2012. There you yeah. go. Um, I, I spoke to Andrew um, a few months ago and, and he was describing um, the fact that you guys, you know, were performing one night your successful show at the Venetian and then don't come back the next day. That's basically it in a nutshell. We, um, we were performing right up until March 14th. Um, you know, our crowds, you know, there'd been talk about this virus coming from China that everyone was worried about. And I think the talk around town made everyone a little scared because all of a sudden, right around the beginning of March, our crowd numbers just, they absolutely plummeted. Like we're talking from a few hundred people a night to 50 people a night, less than 50 people a night. And it was just such a shock. It was like, oh, wow, this is really scaring people. So, um, we put up with that for about two weeks and we just couldn't, we couldn't sustain it. You just can't sustain no. having less than 50 people in the crowd. You can't afford it. So we actually sat our band down and said, look guys, we're not sure what's going on. Mm. Um, it's, you know, it's day to day. We will have to let you know. And that was on March 14th. But then two days later, the casinos just shut down. The governor shut down the whole city and that was the end. That yeah. was it. <laughs> 
It, it was just bizarre, wasn't it? Because I remember too, I mean, you know, back in Australia, we were watching the news and just thinking, oh, there's a virus. And, you know, you, you're kind of used to big headlines of shock tactics in the in the news, aren't you? So Yeah, that's right. They do like to try and scare you into yeah, buying the paper. <laughs> exactly. And we just started the school year, you know, I'm, I'm a high school teacher part-time and we were kind of watching it going oh, yeah, it looks like, you know, they've got it under control overseas. And then the next thing, it's like it's hitting our shores and then it's like um, we might go into lockdown and it's just this bizarre just series of events. And the next thing, we're, we've locked down school and we're home and it was mm. just bizarre. So I could imagine for you guys it would have just been incredible to be over there and and to have – you know, your livelihood potentially just shut down there and then. That's right. We went from doing 230 shows a year to over the last 12 months doing about six shows. So it was a massive change for us. And those six shows all happened in December, January. So for nine months there, we just sat on our backsides and just waited, just wondering what was going to happen. Yeah. And I must admit, I was devastated because on my bucket list was to come to <laughs> Las Vegas and see you guys at the Venetian. That was on my bucket list. So I'll have to, oh, I'll have to, you I'm know. Very sorry that you missed out on I that. I know, but I'm sure there'll be something down the track. Now, you made the, the call last year to move back to Oz. Um, how tough did, was yes. that? Uh, for, for us as a family, it wasn't particularly a tough decision. I mean, we... We really loved Vegas, the experience over there. But to be really, really honest, it just never felt like home. Yeah. It always, for even though we were there for 11 and a half years, it, it always felt temporary. Yeah. So we, not that we didn't warm to it. It was, a, as I said, it was a fascinating place and we had some amazing experiences. But I think in the back of our minds, my wife and I were always thinking, okay, well, eventually we're going to go home. Yeah. So... For us, a decision as a family wasn't too difficult. It was difficult to balance out with what was happening with human nature, whether Vegas was going to come back to life. But in the end, it became quite obvious that it wasn't for quite a while. So we just made the decision, you know what, now is the time. Our daughter was just about to start high school. So we thought, look, we'll get her back into Australia before the end of 2020 and she can have a fresh start when she goes to high school in 2021. So... Um, we think, yeah, it was, we kind of, it just felt like the right timing. And even looking back on it now, I think we kind of got it right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, you make decisions based on the information you have at the time and, and how you feel and what feels right. And sometimes you've just got to take that step, even that's if it's exactly, a yeah. bit of a jump into the unknown. Um, that's, I think for, for many of us, COVID has taught us um, that nothing is kind of to be held too tight. That's exactly right. You can make all the plans in the yeah. world, but they're not necessarily going to come true, are they? Yeah. What's been, come? Uh, I guess, a couple of the, the biggest, maybe, I don't know if they're life lessons or just things that you have learnt through COVID about perhaps yourself? Oh, I think probably that I was working too hard. Yes. <laughs> um, that was one thing. I think people, not just me, but I think people have realised that there is more to life than just the work. Mm. Um, and it's giving people an opportunity to balance their lives in a different way to, to say, okay, well, I can do that from home or I don't necessarily need to be involved in that meeting and I don't have to travel to that city for three hours to do a quick meeting in the airport and fly back, which 
you know, I've known of a lot of people that have actually done that in the past. Mm. So um, I think it's just given the world a new perspective on what's important. And, and when it comes down to it, it's, it's family and it's being yeah. close to the people that you love. Yeah. Did you guys take up any new traditions during lockdown? Were there things that you did as a family um, that you're going to continue now post-COVID? Well, we're all very quite competitive at UNO. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah, absolutely. When you get that um, take four, how good is that feeling? Oh, I know. It's when you, fantastic. When you've got those black ones in your hands. Yeah. Tell, tell me, are you allowed, is your family, are you allowed to put a draw four on a draw four? Oh, and yeah. And make the next person draw eight? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, good. Yeah. That's vicious, everyone... but that's the way we play as well. No, I think you, whatever rules go for your family, but if you get the if you get two draw fours, you can just heap that on there and they just have oh, to yeah. suffer with it. Yeah, it's brutal in our family. It's really, really nasty sometimes. <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I love do it. love a good jigsaw. Oh, do you? Yeah, absolutely. I've never been able to cope with them. And you know why? Because Uh, I like to see something finished and I cannot cope with something just sitting there unfinished for days and weeks. (laughs) So if you did a jigsaw, you'd be like 24 hours, just up for 24 hours till you finished it. Yeah, I I can't stand unfinished business. Yeah. Oh, look, there's been a couple of one o'clock mornings or two o'clock mornings where it's suddenly, oh, hang on, I've got to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I do get a little obsessed with them, but that I like them. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's really good. Um, now, I'm going to go back to, so let's get back to uh, human nature. Um, yep. So you guys are still very much together. You're still a band. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. of course. Um, I want to take you back to um, when you guys first got together. Now, you were in high school together at Hurlston right. Agricultural High School. Is that correct? That is correct. We went to Hurlston Agricultural High School out in Glenfield. Now I've got to um, I've got to admit, whenever I think of that high school, when I I just imagine paddocks. I, I just imagine cows and you guys being in this big agricultural wasteland, and then a high school there. I don't know why, but it just agricultural well, you're high not school. Too, you're not too far wrong. I really? mean, there was a high school that looked. There was a high school section that looked exactly like a high school. You walked down the hill past the like the sporting area, the tennis courts, and there was there's a couple of tennis courts, a couple of basketball courts, cricket nets, and then down to this beautiful oval that they played rugby on. And then from there, it just spread out, and it was it was it was paddocks. It, there was a, a little working dairy. Wow. There was chickens, sheep. There was. Everything and it would spread out. It was a good, you know, a good few square kilometres of land out the back of the school where often you'd put your gumboots on and out you'd go during an agriculture lesson or horticulture lesson. Everyone had their their own little plot of um, of a vegetable garden that you you learned how to grow spinach or silver beet. So it was actually really quite yeah. So it literally was an agricultural high school. Absolutely, I think. Unfortunately, I think it's been. Um, slowly sold off to property developers over the last years and it's become smaller and smaller. So I think it's pretty much just the high school left now. Can I just tell you, though, as a high school teacher and one that um, teaches um, teenage boys as well as girls, mm-hmm. but I think high schools like that are so, would be so brilliant these days because especially teen boys need to just get out there amongst it and be outside and... I just, yeah, I think Absolutely. that would have been... Absolutely, I totally agree. It would have been it, the it best really high was. school. That was a fascinating experience. And also just the whole thing of the giving you an appreciation of the way other people live. You know, I'm a city boy. I grew up in the western suburbs of Sydney. So, and you know, I used to visit farms when I was a kid 
now and again we had some friends who lived out in western New South Wales but I was still a city boy at heart so going to a high school like that it gives you such an appreciation of the fact that there are people out there and they're the ones that are delivering the food to your table and yeah it's something it's really quite a fascinating thing it opens your eyes to a whole different world that you may not know existed if you didn't get out yeah Oh, that's brilliant. Well, Phil, stick with us. We are going to um, chat about human nature's early days after the break. Thanks, Sharon.